Hello everyone and welcome to the Debug Log episode 61, the first episode of 2017. Uh, it's good to be back, I miss the show. Um, so today we're gonna be talking about idea generation and development. Um, we will be talking about some uh, techniques that we use to generate ideas for our games and how we develop those ideas. Of course, um, all of us work in a different way um, so we're gonna be sharing our experiences and our different approaches uh, to develop those ideas and come up with new ideas for, for games. Having said that, if you want to know more, keep listening to the Debug Log episode 61. I think Andrew and I were gonna try to meet up at some point this weekend too, so... so you said you couldn't. I told you I could do Sunday. If not, Andrew, we can always just wait another two weeks. You just never finish your game, it's funny. I'll have to be next to you to finish the game. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. I can finish all by myself. Wait a minute. Don't wanna be. We're ready, Eduardo. Jack's singing, so you should go ahead. I'll stop him. You're listening to the Debug Log, the podcast about game development. My name is Eduardo Castillo Fernandez. I'm Andrew Curry. I'm Obino Parra. And I'm Zach Schneider. Okay, okay. So before we say anything, we want to thank you guys because we won the uh, best game development podcast on the yeah. uh, Simple, <laughs> simple yeah. Programmer podcast of, of the year. So that's pretty, pretty awesome. It's the first um, award. Yeah, it's right? It's the first. <laughs> First of many. It feels awesome. <laughs> so, getting into the uh, just the summary of, of the of episode today, we're gonna be talking about idea generation, uh, specifically the process that we follow, uh, some of the techniques that we use when uh, we work in ideas for our game, um, and also we will go into some motivation. Uh, now that this is the first episode of the 2017, uh, I think it's a, a great time to talk about that. Of course, the, the, the goal of this episode is to help you find ways to keep your imagination flowing when you feel stuck uh, on, your, on your ideas for your game uh, or you don't know where to start. So uh, before we go into the episode, Ovina, do you want to talk about our new items reviews? Yes, yes. Um, actually, I'll keep it. I'll keep it singular. Just an IT review. Uh, do oh, just okay. one of them, uh, so we don't have to spread so much love on one episode. Uh, so, <laughs> the, so we got a lot of good reviews uh, recently. So we really appreciate you guys. Uh, you know, taking the time to either download iTunes or you know open up iTunes and write us a review. So we really, really appreciate it. Uh, it helps us keep that momentum going. Keeps us excited. We love reading them, like we always say. Uh, so let me jump into it. Our first new review, five-star review from Word Buffer, says, Awesome series. It's rare to find a podcast of any sort that is both chatty and laid back and informative and inspiring. Thanks, guys. So really appreciate that, Word Buffer. Um, you get your own personal time. A shout out. You're the only one today. So <laughs> enjoy it. We really, again, we really appreciate it, and uh, we love these reviews. So keep them coming. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, so let's jump right to it and um, the question is this is for Zach yeah Zach well, yeah 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 <laughs> what do you think is uh, idea generation um so I mean it's the the genesis of the idea so it's the creation yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, wanted, he wanted to say generation but it changed. i'm sure it's genesis, genesis somebody's so got a thesaurus i know yeah. right <laughs> this guy's reading funny. if well, only i was prepared for this episode all right um so it's it's the 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 creation of the idea the like where you um almost like the the background of it and and that whole process behind it Cool. Uh, do any of you guys want to add to that? No, I think that that Genesis was really, really summed it up. <laughs> oh my goodness! It's the gem of the episode, right? <laughs> Come on, guys! It's 2017, the first episode. Talk more! Oh, you're killing me! You're killing me! I'm really. 
Adorable's yelling at us this new year. I don't <laughs> like this. But <laughs> well, they're just seeing more of Eduardo. That's what it is. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, no, really. I'm, I'm really fired up in this. Uh, I, will, I will talk about more about... I will talk more about that in, in the... Uh, uh, toward the end of the episode. Um, so, Andrew, do you have any uh, process set up or to create your ideas for your games or do you just write things down when they come to your mind? First, you get whiskey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the thing about this, the idea generation is weird because it's a topic that it can be so subjective because it's really whatever works for you. But the, the whole process and the idea of like saying it, quote unquote, idea, idea generation, it's kind of getting a bunch of different methods. I know you've done a bunch of research preparing for writing some stuff, but it's like a bunch of different kind of brainstorming topics and a bunch of different ideas that you can do to get it going. For me, I don't, I mean, my biggest thing, you're, you're asking, what do I do, like, literally physically, or what do, how do, where do they come from? Or? No, 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 no. How, like, how do you come up with ideas? I mean, they could come up naturally to you. That's okay. But for, I just want to know. Well, for me, it's never, like, it's never, ideas never come when I sit down and go, I need some ideas. <laughs> they always come from Bounce. doing other stuff. They, they come from watching movies. They come from reading books. They come from playing games. And, and getting pissed off by games, like, this sucks. <laughs> and like, or, or even, or, or even more heartbreaking when you love something. It's like, oh, but if they just did this, you know, that's the way you. It's just the most random thing. And we, like we've talked about this before with games. I think it was in that Jesse Shell episode. He talked when we talked about going and getting inspiration. You literally can get inspiration from anywhere, especially for games because they're systems. So, I mean, the world is filled with systems. So, like in that episode, I just made the you know traffic analogy, but it's a, but it could be anything. You know, yeah. it could be. There's a bunch of games for running game dev studios, and that's a system, and you can make a game out of that. So, a lot of times, I will just see something, or you just say, you know, that would be a cool game if you had this and this and this. And it, it's never for me. Tr it, I have no think I've ever come up with an idea like from scratch for me trying. I've built some my upon ideas that trying so, but the, the initial creation is all kind of a magical thing yeah, yeah. Sure. well that that's <laughs> that's a lovely way of putting it magical week. but uh <laughs> for me i think uh and i i was like harking back to this uh esteemed episode about scope that andrew uh did for us and i think that's kind of how i guess my methodology of generating ideas comes from it comes from more of a process and more of an organizational or you know what do i want to get out of this or what i what am i trying to get uh, you know, what's my goal, end goal? And that's where I start to, it, it gives me like these guardrails and, and I guess, I guess the track on how, I guess the, the mental mind frame I need to, you know, be in to start generating certain ideas. Cause otherwise you can, you're basically just throwing, you know, picking ideas out of the air. I mean, or, you know, just throwing ideas well, out there. Do you do that before you even have like a nugget of an idea? Like, I, I make a shooter or do you just say, these are my limitations? No, yeah, I really I do. I think that that's what I do. That's I, interesting. I, I actually go the opposite way. I'm like, okay, well, I need some structure. Like, what, what's, what, what am I trying to get done here? And then I could say, okay, well, you know what could be, you know, fit this mold or, you know, be, because otherwise, you know, you could get into that place where you're, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe I start, I guess I start. I, I think start all those small. steps are necessary. I just think people do them at different stages. Cause I do the exact same thing. Cause, cause we've said it a billion times in the show. It's like you creativity, it, it like, it actually like uh, suffocates when under, under endless possibilities. Yeah, exactly. Right. But exactly. to me, like I can start getting a nug. It's like, Oh, you know what? A cool, like, you know, like this one, we're making a little cyberpunk game. It's like, you know, that'd be kind of cool. But then you start, but then I immediately box it in saying, okay, what type of game could that be? And you go through all these lists of stuff. And then you start mashing. Oh, it could be a this game plus this game. Yeah, can we do it's, that? It's so, funny. Yeah, I, I, I immediately put it into a room. It's funny because that, that, the walls. I do the opposite way. Because I think the way that the problem for me when I took that, that initial route where I just was throwing out ideas is I started to throw out ideas that I really enjoyed, but I just couldn't get it done. So it would kind of, it would almost be depressing and I would start not finishing games. So it was like almost, it kind of, help me having more guardrails and, and starting from this okay what do i want to get done what i'm trying to do what am i trying to accomplish and then throw ideas that kind of fit this mold or fit somewhere within this mode not necessarily you know so boxed in but it kind of helped me to actually finish games and, and approach things that 
seemed, you know, doable. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> that, that kind of speaks to the subjectivity of this. Yeah, 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 that's true. You're probably more of a real programmer than I am. <laughs> Some of that stuff. <laughs> well, no, but like, to me, it's, it has to come from, like, it literally can come from listening to like a song. It's like, oh, that's a cool, that's a cool tone, like a feeling. Yeah, yeah. Like, that'd be cool to have a, like, and then it comes from that, you know what I mean? Or like, really just from a story standpoint, it'd be cool if, like, there's a story like this in a game. Yeah. And then to me... I don't see that as like, this is my idea, and then it can only be this way. I say, well, this is an idea, like, say that cyberpunk thing. You can make 80 different types of games with that idea. Then it's about, you know, after that, it's about scoping out of what I can actually do. Gotcha. What about you, Zach? Uh, so I actually have a question before we, uh, before I uh, say anything. Are we talking about like uh, uh, ideas as in like backstory for a game, or are we talking like ideas as in like ideas for mechanics of for games? a game? Just in, in anything, general? yeah, in general. Um, well, I generally kind of almost I don't know. As far as story goes, I go backwards, so I go from uh, creating the or, or figuring out what I want for the game mechanic, and then trying to explain how that can exist in a, in, in a story Where do you basis. get the idea for the game? Can it yeah, well, it's generally from what I like to play, uh, yeah. at least personally. So, for instance, I like playing uh, games where I can min-max my character, right? So that's actually one of the things that, that is very important to me in the game Andrew and I are designing is, is that min-max of the character and making sure that uh, the small changes you make to your character are, are shown to the player and are evident in that and so uh one of those things is is armor and it's like like super important to me and uh like part of that armor might be that it has this uh fire effect of some sort and i say okay well how does it have that fire effect okay well if this is say uh in inside a computer how how do we have that fire effect on the computer okay well it's it's nanites flying around that are superheated you know something like that so I'd take it through that process of trying to explain how, how that mechanic could work and then uh, going with that. So, Zach, uh, what do you mean with uh, min-max? Uh, like, so minimizing different things and maximizing other stats. So, Like an RPG, from, basically. Yeah, like an RPG, yeah. Oh, okay. So, like, basically I want to say, for instance, I was using Destiny, if I want to maximize my ability to... Uh, uh, regen my uh, super ability really quickly. I'm going to maximize my intelligence and probably minimize something else like uh, strength, which uh, helps my uh, melee recool because that that's not as important to me. Cool. So that that kind of um, customization as it applies to skills. Thank you, thank you, my friend. I didn't know that one. <laughs> um, yeah, going back to the. Um idea of this the process to generate ideas for your game is curious because um, I have started from different standpoints like most of the times uh, it happens to me like um, Andrews that it just comes to me and like oh this would be a good idea uh, most of the time watching movies and stuff like that uh, and recently playing games um, which is a new habit that <laughs> this guy is, uh, got me yeah yeah probably <laughs> but um i remember when i was more into uh mobile uh, mobile games i was like yeah i want to i remember uh me starting for the uh, mechanics i was like i want to make a game that you just have to tap what ideas i can uh bring from there and it was just like a brainstorming and uh, in other occasions, I just start from the uh, story. I'm like, what message I would like to uh, to bring with this game? And then I start building a story like a movie and then uh, adding the mechanics. So I don't know. It's like a mix of all the things that you said. Uh, and I'm sure that that happens to uh, other people too. Yeah, because, actually, you know, we could, yeah. since we touched on this, uh, and I'm not sure if we said this explicitly, but this idea generation, it doesn't always have to be like a brand new idea. I think Andrew did touch on this, but, you know, idea generation doesn't necessarily mean you're creating this super brand new idea. Um, uh -huh. And like when you're, like you said, you're looking at movies, you're looking at, um, you know, 
I don't know, books or whatever, um, comics, whatever. But anyway, you can look at other games and then that is still like a form of um, idea generation. It doesn't have to be like, oh, I need to create something from scratch or pull some idea fresh off the... I don't know what the expression I, I'm trying to say is, but... <laughs> well, yeah, well, the idea is actually, and that's kind of the one kind of myth of creativity and stuff. It's like, yeah. I think it's Jim Jarmusch, who's like director, indie director. Mm-hmm. He has this long quote you can find online, but it's about, like, he's like, all art is plagiarism. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you take stuff and then you change it, but the but the degree to which it is creative and original is the degree to which you put it through your own voice. And it's like, even if Eduardo's making a fighting game, there's a bunch of fighting games, nobody can make Eduardo's fighting game. Yeah. Right. And, and then you have to Unless consciously... they title it Eduardo's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's called The Fighting Game. The Fighting like, <laughs> Which is already taken. But yeah. But like, Fight yeah, because it's all about like taking those... I mean, every you have your own, you know, unique take on And then you have a team. Like, and the team's fighting back and forth. That's why it's kind of interesting with Zach in this process. Because like, he, he's saying like he gets attached to certain mechanics... And I'm kind of a little more, I'm, well, I'm fully on more like Eduardo, I think, are more on that side where it's like, yeah, it's a cool idea. I mean, the mechanics, we can change around. They can be fine. And Zach's like, no, but we have to have this mechanic. We're like, okay. The implementation. Okay. No, but that's good because, again, that, that's the kind of fun push and pull. You're like, okay, oh, granted, okay, we'll keep that. But how can we work around, like, that, that, once you mix a bunch of people's perspectives and ideas together, then you get something that's even more and more original. It's, it's, yeah. Because it's, it's really hard. I mean, if you're concerned about, if you're interested in making something new and fun and fresh and interesting, it's really hard to, to really clone something totally. Because usually clones happen because people are trying to make money. You know what I mean? Like, they're fully trying to copy off something to make money. But if you're really doing it, because, I mean, I guess it can happen. You've never... But if you're really doing it because you want a, something interesting and fresh that, that you've played, usually that, that comes from you not getting that from other games sometimes. Like, you know what? I'd like a game like this, but like this. And that usually, if it existed, you'd just play it. You know what I mean? Like, we're not going to make, I don't know. There's just some games you're not going to beat League or Dota in exactly the way they do a MOBA. So you're not trying to do that. You know, so... I, I, it's interesting once I, I just think it's hard to people I don't think people need to feel bad about that you just need to cop, find what you love copy it see what you can learn from it but then just mash it up with a bunch of different ideas yeah up. Um, so moving forward in this process once you have the the idea um, how do you start like what's your second step what how do you start developing on that idea Andrew <laughs> yes. Yeah, Your yeah. Honor. Because uh, I, no, no, no. Because I have, I, I, I realize that I have to start saying names because since you're so talkative. Yeah. Well, to me, like, because Zach kind of described this process. To me, the initial, like I said, the initial spark is like, oh, that would be a cool game. It's like I'd buy a game of this type. A lot of times, I come up with game names first <laughs> before I even know what it's That's about. It's like, I'm so, I, it's like, so bad with names. I have a list. I've shown Zach. I have a list of yeah. 30 game titles that I think are cool. <laughs> like, I think even that Asteroids Do Concern Me, my other game, I had that title before I even knew what that game was. I was like, that's a funny title. Like, if there's a game called that, I would buy it. I don't care what it is. So I sometimes I start there. But to me, the the next step is the interesting thing because you once that nugget's there and, like, you can put those limitations, like Avina said, and then it's, like, a fun echo chamber. Because then it goes back and forth. You're like, okay, we can only do this, so what can we do with that? So we can make it, you know, that we can make that setting as a 8-bit game or something if we want to do that. Okay, and then, like, Zach's saying, like, well, why would they have fire in this area? Because, like, then you start backfilling. You go back to the creative side and say, you start coming up with justifications. And that, to me, I keep saying magical. That's one of the most magical processes is when you come up with an idea and then you put some kind of mechanical scope on it that doesn't seem to, like, kind of uh, complement that. But then you come up with the, like, then there's an idea that justifies that, like, in an in-world or in-game or in-story idea. And it felt like it's perfect, like it was meant to be. It's like, of course, that's what it is, you know. <laughs> that, that To me, it, like, once it gets to that next step, it just becomes this ping-pong between what can we do, how can we justify it story-wise, what can we do, you know what I mean? And then you just, then ideas start coming. That's when you start, that's what we talk about in the scope episode. That's when you get scope crew, because features like, oh, we could do this, and this, and this, and this, because I find it's much easier. It's hard if you get a bunch of people in a room, like, say you have 20 people in a room, and say, pitch me an original game idea. And it'll be crickets. 
But if you say, <laughs> here's a, here's what we're doing. I want to make a Western. I want to make this kind of puzzle Western with this type of story. People will immediately start going, you know, what you really should do is like, add, they will, people can add comments to something all day because they feel comfortable. And it's so much easier to do it in that box. So, so that's basically, you put some parameters in the right. original scope. Just scope the the idea so people feel more comfortable. Right. I, I like that you brought that up. Like the, the give me original game idea and it's crickets because that like where I work now that was one of my first experiences. I I went into like a two hour meeting on a new game that we were developing and they go okay we need to make a game to fit this. Anybody have any ideas? And it was dead silent. Nobody for like would give any ideas. Yeah. Yeah, until they go, okay, well, all right, so the thing you're supposed to be teaching is like this, and this is how you we actually teach it in in a, like a, a classroom format. We're like, okay, what we can do is we can gamify that like this. So they give you a little bit more background, and then you can actually go and, and really figure it out. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that's true because I, I, that's a weird way to think of ideas too because an idea can be like a spark of inspiration for like a story or a setting or like a mechanic that you know you want, but an, a quote-unquote idea also could be, I mean, in certain games, like, you know, we talk about like games for health or classroom games, but even just games which you want to do, they could be almost like a requirement. Like, I want to do this with this game. Yeah. Like, how, what are best mechanics? Then you can bounce off and say, I know a bunch of game mechanics. Which one actually, you know, shows that or communicates that the best? That's the way yeah. to get started. It's, it's, it's really like, uh, and I, I think I'm just saying this in a, a different way it's just like having a muse like finding a muse is and the muse can be like uh you know and you said it could be a requirement or you know uh, how you know p- teachers teach certain skill or something like that so the muse can be or a book or a movie or another game so the muse can be so many different things and you could just idea generation is just like bouncing ideas off that one it could be just one aspect of something so I mean, it, it's really it's really open ended. That's why it's like so in the air. The gener- idea generation can be, I guess, such a f- I always use the word fluid, but just a fluid thing. Well, fluid is a good thing because you need a. It's like it's like a river or something. You need an anchor. Yeah. yeah if it's yeah. just like everything's flowing, that's just these are thoughts and possibilities going exactly. by. If you stick a rock in there, it's going to start gathering junk on it. Exactly. <laughs> you know, eventually, and like random things and tires and stuff are going to start collecting, and you're like. Oh, this would be a, this is a weird amalgamation of things now. It, it has to be an anchor. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think that's like a, a takeaway thing is just making sure idea generation. I guess the, at the core of your idea generation should be some muse or some rock or sort of anchor to base your ideas and your, I guess, your global idea around. So, like, pick one thing or one aspect or one question or it, it could be multiple, but it only it has to be at least one thing that you're focused around. And that will help guide your idea generation, I think. Well, and and just to look, compare it to, I'm um, like screen or just writing or screenwriting or mm-hmm. something, like the idea of writer's block. Because because who this episode might help or people listen, it's like I want to make a I, you know a game, but I don't know what. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you, they have ideas. But the problem is, they're filtering it through. Oh, that'll never sell. Nobody cares about that. You know what I mean? <clears throat> they're doing this thing where they're that's true. It's ed- like analysis editing. paralysis. Yeah, they're editing before they do that, and, and writer's block happens the same way where people start going write some stuff and like this is shit mm-hmm. and then they just stop and they just, <laughs> I can't write and that's why they always say with screen like screenplays or if you just have some kind of thing or you know what you want to do um, I mean I guess it's weird different because you already have the idea for the story but it's the same thing there it's like they say just like just finish the first draft um, or of a screenplay or a book or whatever as fast as you can try to make it bad you just just, to, just already admit nobody's going to see that draft. It's going to be bad because once you have that, you can just start getting ideas and change stuff and change. You can change it completely, but you have somewhere to start. This is the same thing. If you don't have an idea, start with a shitty idea and figure out. Start with a shitty game and how you can make that better, and that might you know. Yeah, I guess because you start you start polishing uh, polishing your idea and really <coughs> figuring out what you really want. Sometimes that's what happens that you really don't know what you want. Well, you're judging um, it before you. Yeah. The problem is, you, we see games three years, four years later, and they have all these awesome ideas, and the story is great. Like I just watched this documentary, this no clip guy on YouTube, uh, Danny O'Dwyer guy, who used to work for GameSpot, but he started his own little documentary series. He did one in Rocket League, which is great, and he just did one in Doom, and I watched it. Um, 
And there's so many things that people love about the game that Ryan said, like just the way the story starts and all these other things. And it's so interesting. It's always happens. Rocket League was the same way where they made that game for 10 years and nobody cared. Is that it's this huge process. Like where they started was horrible. You know what I mean? The idea they had was horrible. And then by the end of it, all those ideas and things that came into place were just accidents or people like just contributing. And by the end, it looks like they're geniuses. Whereas like they're just a good team and they work together and they're a patient. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, the way I uh, develop on, on, on an idea is I, I guess I'm more like um, Ovina in this part. I, I do have a process for this. Like the first part of the generating the idea is that's just inspiration. But after that, I do uh, like to have processes because I feel like I work faster and uh, I don't know, it works better for me. So what I do is um, a technique called mind mapping. And of course I didn't have have it like perfect at the, at the beginning. I was just doing it uh, by default and I didn't know that it had a name. So what I do is just put the, uh, the idea of what I, the original idea in the middle of a, of a whiteboard or a paper. Um, let's say for example, making a game uh, on the out of space where you have to um, and you have a spaceship and you're just shooting other or meteorites and other spaceships. So just in this case, I'm starting from an experience. It's not mechanics or story or anything like that. And I just start branching out of that idea, like adding mechanics, story, uh, what other experiences would be cool from there. And uh, from those other branches, I start branching out and out and out until I cannot come up with any other ideas or I start um, scoping the all those many ideas that I have for my game. That helps me, that helps me a lot. Um, because, and this is after um, I started researching about uh, my mapping. Uh, the the creator of that technique, um, what's the name? I forget the name of the guy. Uh, says that that uh, is exactly how the brain works. Like it works in all all directions. I guess that's why when you're working in something, you have an idea of something that you were trying to do like one week ago, and you're like, oh, okay, I found a solution or something like that. Uh, I guess that could be why. Uh, but in this mind mapping, again, you have the idea in the middle to start drawing not straight lines because they said that's boring for your brain. If you do like curves, it's a lot better. And if you have images, uh, it's a lot better. Images don't really work for me except, except for the first one because I lose too much time and uh, I think faster than I write. So uh, I just write one word, boom, 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 and uh, start branching out. Uh, out. So that's how I do it. Nice. Uh, oh, actually, uh, I, I know we've mentioned this, but I just like to reiterate uh, and emphasize that, I, uh, like Andrew said, and, and Zach, when he went through his first day of job or first day of work, how this process of idea generation, it's not a, it shouldn't be, or it doesn't have to be a solo act. You don't have to do it all by yourself. You don't have to always, you know, just sit down and, and mind map or, or draw out ideas or think of ideas over several weeks. It should be like a collaborative. If you can make it and you have the available resources, you have people around you, make it a interactive and collaborative experience. Like ask people what they think about your idea. Get feedback, you know, get people to shit on your idea, get people to praise your idea. It's going to help like further, I guess, we've talked about this in previous episodes, but it helps guide your, I guess, your, your game design, your game idea to a place that is like more, you know, it's more complex, it's more... It's like iterative. It's, you know, it's just a better experience overall when you're getting multiple perspectives. Like, you know, Andrew said with Zach and their game they're working on, you get multiple perspective, multiple, you know, takes on certain gameplay mechanics. So you just get a lot more from doing things with other people and not just making it, I, you know, I'm an indie dev or I'm a single dev or I'm a one man studio. I should do it all by myself. It, it really doesn't no, work but, as well as it should. But even if you're like a, a single person working in a game, you can ask other people. Like yeah. at this point, it's just an idea. Yeah. 
So, but I, I totally agree with you, um, Ovina. Ooh. Just the fact that you have uh, two people uh, or, or more, like, and have different perspective on on that idea or, or that aspect of the game, that's, that's great. Cool. Actually, uh, that actually brings up a, a good question, and I'm not sure if you've tracked this already, Eduardo, but, like... When it comes to idea generation with other people, and say you are a one-man studio and you ask, you're wanting to ask people about your idea, but then you get into that that fuzzy gray area where you're starting to think about, oh, do I need an NDA? Like, what's your thoughts on, you know, protecting your ideas? Is that in scope here? Do you, you want to jump into that at all? Uh, I, I didn't thought about that. <laughs> um I guess yeah, that's something to have in mind. Uh, I'd, but I, I, I think it's too early at this stage of the game. It will be too early to start thinking uh, about I that. I think that depends on the idea. Because if you have a totally original game idea for a fun mechanic, you should never share that with anybody until you finish your game. Well, but also you have to. It's like everything with this. Even if we say this about when you're trying to create a game, but it also at this stage. You gotta know your audience, who you're talking to as well. Mm-hmm. Like if it's just your friends or you guys, I wouldn't be like care about talking to you guys about a game idea. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like possible coworkers, competitors, people you don't. I mean, with friends and friends, uh, I mean that's up to your judgment. I get. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if you want professional consulting, like parts of NDA, that starts to be where it's like, no, I'm gonna get people that could give me actual consulting on some kind of an idea. Like to me, that feels like that. I mean. Because, I mean, yeah, it would be dumb for you just to go to do, uh, talk to people you don't like. And that's what I was going to say, too, with um, Know Your Audience, too, is that you got to realize that a good idea is the... There's, like, an ad on TV. It's a weird thing where it's, like, there's, like, this weird... Have you seen that ad? It's, like, this weird monster, and it's going out, walking down the street, and everybody's, like, kicking it and throwing it in the street what and stuff. What channel are you watching? <laughs> no, it's, like, it's, like, a weird... It's, it's, it's for, like, a weird, like, um energy company or something and it goes into the at the end it goes to the building and it's like ideas are ugly like this is saying my point is that a really good idea starts out at this ugly weird fragile thing right it might not look good to people other people but you see something in it and it's also super fragile so i would say you have to be careful about who you talk to about it and know where they're coming from yeah not just for them to steal it but also if somebody's like that thing's shit like, why yeah. are they saying that? Are they kind of jealous of your idea? Are they what? You know what I mean? If it's you, you got to talk to true friends because true friends will tell you it's okay if they say it, but you, it's this is a weird subjective area because it's good to get it battle tested as it keeps going on and developing and stuff. But there's also a weird thing about nobody really sees it how you see it in your head at that early when it's just an idea. And mm-hmm. We're not even talking about pitch, and it's just a really quick elevator pitch. Nobody knows. Yeah. So you have to take everything with kind of a grain of salt because it might like how many great inventions were like just turned down and you just rejected forever. You know what I mean? Because yeah. people are like, that's the stupidest thing. So you have to use your own judgment, but really know where your idea is. And, and, and from the idea generation thing, like we said before, the way you kind of inoculate yourself to that is you also don't, don't edit ideas. And when you're brainstorming, don't edit brainstorming ideas. Don't go, oh, that's kind of dumb. No, no, no. Well, like we say when he's mind mapping, just put any stupid thing you can think of that could be related to that up on the board. Yes, that's the purpose of this idea generation is it's you need to just spit out everything you possibly can about this central idea, this this core idea that you have and just, you know, just free free ball. Free ball? Don't, yeah, don't. don't okay. <laughs> you <laughs> need to stop with those. <laughs> with these colloquialisms. You're like, <laughs> yeah, please stop with the colloquialisms. Like, like uh, yeah, it, yeah, because it's almost like you you can't be as scared of... You have to find... If you can find a cool group of people that you're not scared of pitching stupid things Hashtag to... Hashtag the debug lounge. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> like, th- then, then that's gold. That's creative gold, you know what I mean? Where you can say, you know what, what about this? I'm like, that's stupid. You're like, oh, okay. But you can also take their advice or go... I think a lot, a lot of times, especially in those companies and other places, people just get... They don't want to be, you know, look stupid or look dumb. And a lot of awesome creative things just die on the floor of meeting rooms. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because nobody gave it enough oxygen and nobody cares or everybody's just being cynical. And you, you really have to find the right people and know who it is. And we can't tell you how to find friends or find friends that you trust. So I don't know. <laughs> but it's it's use your own judgment. But yeah, I would just, just my bigger thing to, to wrap that point up is just 
good ideas are never rock solid at the beginning. They're always very fragile. Yes. So just know that and protect them in a certain way that makes sense. You know what I mean? Just No, besides, uh, in, in, in game development, this idea is going to evolve and this is right. an iterative process. You will modify it until you is completely polished. And, and well, like you, yeah, it's, it's like you're nurturing it, that again, like in that sound where well, you talked about that, you know, you talk about your mind mapping and then your process and the ping ponging and as it gathers steam, you get a bunch of stuff on it. It's, it gets stronger and stronger, you know what uh-huh. I mean? Yeah, but uh, I, I want to make uh, like a clarification here. We were uh, saying uh, idea generation and all that. But what we're actually talking about here is uh, brainstorming. Like just the, the process of going and throwing a bunch of ideas and not judging or anything that that's uh, a technical uh, brainstorming. This I know you know these guys. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the uh, some of the people in the audience that might know uh, might not know about this. And it's kind of the same thing, though. Really, if you think about it, yeah. because like brainstorming an original idea is the first part, and then it's almost like then you have the idea, and that's the parent idea. And brainstorming just coming up with sub ideas, you know, like idea generation under that category almost. Yeah, um, while I was um, researching about uh, brainstorming for our ebook, uh, one of the things that they say is that, uh, like Ovino mentioned, you can brainstorm alone or with different people. And uh, studies and research have proven that uh, when you um, brainstorm alone, you have better results. Uh, but both like methods have their goods and bads. The problem with... Um, Brainstorming in a group is that many people uh, feel afraid of what they're going to say and they don't say it, or someone else is talking and they have to wait until they have they uh, to say to share their idea and then they decide not to say anything. That's why it's so important to have a really good group of people um, brainstorming with you, and in this group you don't judge. Uh, someone else's idea because you don't know if that idea that might look dumb for you is uh, triggering another idea in someone else's head or you don't cheer for an idea because that might be biased for the rest of the of the guys or I don't know feel weird just throw a bunch of ideas write them down and uh, then you process those those ideas but when you're working alone, uh, they say that you feel completely free. So you can say whatever uh, crazy thing is in your head. So that freedom triggers um, like your imagination a lot more than when you're in a group. Because of the, you know, just social things that we have in mind. And, oh, I have to behave. I cannot say a stupid thing because my boss isn't here. So what they might think about me. So... Yep. Uh, and another important part of uh, idea generation is gathering references. And I know uh, Andrew loved this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how much? What kind of references do you gather? What are your main sources? And how much references do you gather for your game? All the references. <laughs> um, <laughs> when? Well, yeah. It, it, we talked about like getting ideas from playing games or comics or you know movies or whatever. And that, that, that method of getting that initial idea is almost like an accident, right? Like you're watching that Star Wars movie or whatever you're watching, I don't know, because you want to see, you're enjoying that piece of media, but you just randomly get an idea for a game. So, and so what I do, so, so now that you know, like you want to, like for instance, like we want, like keep talking about our game, we want to make a cyberpunk game, that's the setting. Then I start, I went and got a bunch of cyberpunk things like novels and movies and all these other things. Like, so I, the, the, the gathering references is almost like that research phase, but it's, it's not just for mechanics and everything. It's like immersing yourself in the kinds of stuff that you want to do, right? Yeah. Because once you do that, like say you want to make a shooter, I mean, it's hard with shooters, but let's say you want to make a certain type of puzzle game. You find a bunch of ones, because once you start looking into that, you'll find ones you've never even heard of before that have cool ideas. <laughs> And they'll, you'll get random ideas. Or say it's a story setting, like the Western, you want to make a Western thing. That gives you the chance to go watch like 30 Western movies you've never seen. And you'll get awesome ideas for stories and other things you didn't even think of before. You know what I mean? It's almost like 
it's like doing the work. It's fun work. I love it because it's fun to immerse yourself in the thing that you want to do. But I think this is necessary. And I find people don't – this is to me like the difference between like an amateur game developer, people just hobbyists, and like a professional who are really serious about making the best thing, that type of thing they're making. Because part of it is work. I mean, it's a big thing. But it's like get, doing the work. So if you don't have the references, you're not a pro. No, but I'm just saying sometimes people <laughs> just tinkering, tinkering <laughs> ideas. I'm a pro. But you just can't, to me, I don't know. I mean, I, I, again, I always get weird about this show. It's giving advice in subjective ways and subjective things like this. But I just think a lot of times it's like you say you want to make, again, like a Western thing or something. It's like, and you should go like immerse yourself in the culture of that so far. You know what I mean? And like see what's yeah. been done. Because then also you protect yourself from doing stuff that's cliche and like stuff that's been done before. You can come up with more. I, I find... I think some people might get scared. I've heard the idea that, like, well, I don't want to look at all that stuff because then I'm just going to feel like I'm going to copy. I find the opposite true because I find that looking at what's been done for makes it much easier to be unique and interesting, you know, and find your path where you fit in that existing kind of pantheon of media in that genre or those mechanics or that game type. So that's no, I, I find it. I don't, I don't know if there's any number of things I find. I, I'm still – I always find references. I always <laughs> – like, you know, plasters out. Like, hey, look at these references. He's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, Andrew. It's like, no, that's about some more pictures. I love it. I end up doing it all the time. But I think it's helpful to immerse yourself in the thing you're doing. I mean, that's what, if you want to make it good, you need to get into it. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. I think that um, just immersing in, just following the idea of the uh, Western world, uh, when you, you need to have, like, consistent ideas so you might have a, like, I don't know, you don't want to end up with a cowboy with a um, rocket. Um, or maybe you do. Maybe that hasn't been done and you see that hasn't been done. You know what I mean? That's weird. <laughs> what? Well, well, no, what is, what, no, you're I, combining different stuff. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I see what you're saying too, though. You're also saying that. I no, I didn't mean to just be contrary right there. I, I see what you're saying. That's true. Like me and Zach are building a roguelike and so... I played a bunch of roguelikes and you don't necessarily want to follow all the rules, but you want to do stuff that people that if you're making it for that audience, you know, and maybe a better, a bigger audience, you still want to do stuff that what people love about something. You don't want to change the core yeah. formula of something. You know, exactly. Sorry. Yeah. I guess I didn't mean to interrupt. No, 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 no. I mean, <laughs> thank you because that was exactly what I wanted to say. The, the, these ideas get to be like, what does anything mean? <laughs> like, do what you want. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so, Ovina, uh, how about you? Wait, what? <laughs> references, references. references. Oh, references, yeah. oh, my references. Uh, no, no, I think um, I've actually, I've been on the, the side of, I think the reference gathering for me, I'm kind of on the edge of <laughs> not doing much of it because uh, I usually, when I, I mean, I've been working with teams that have like a game designer and, and you know, producers and well i mean i'm we're all doing this sort of research but people that do it a lot more in depth than i do uh so i'm not as skilled as some people uh but i do <laughs> let me just speak on what they do because i okay, don't do that much go ahead, resources go ahead, go ahead. but yeah like we've i mean we do we do references in all sorts and for, like all forms and, and and flavors of you know building this because you really have to build an atmosphere for your game and that atmosphere like andrew said comes from books it comes from movies it comes from pictures it comes from smells even you know you, you really do want to immerse yourself in this this game and this atmosphere and this idea that you're trying to conjure up because the more you immerse yourself is the more the more you're able to articulate and build out and develop a game that's going to you know be reflective of what you wanted in this idea so if it's a western if it's a you know a shooter or a space shooter or something like that the more references and more ideas you have that that can, the cohesion you can form around that i guess idea uh the more you can sell that you know, sell that concept to someone else. Because if you're not, if you don't have the, like the right sounds, the right smells, the right, not smells, I'm using smells, but <laughs> smells yeah, doesn't. You're smells, like what smells? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we have that little scent machine you we could use. We have a series in. of jars with various fra fragrances. <laughs> you could use a scent machine. We use that yeah, in yeah, BBIs. Right. Anyway, but I mean, just like, in, just creating that atmosphere is like uh, crucially important. Uh, and, and that atmosphere is only gathered and only created from having so many references 
the more like even you know another thing when we when we look up references sometimes we go too broad and too vague like when you say space shooter you, you may just look for space games but you know the the more i guess I guess granular and and specific yeah. you can get with your references, the better it is going to be in the long term for the idea. Because the idea starts to become something more tangible and more real. The more you know, the more granular you get with your references. So for me, I feel like with and we've been doing this for a long, long time. So we have so many references across so many, I guess, different points in our game. So that's another thing, actually. There's like different points in your game, in the story of your game that, you know, the character or player is going to get to. And they're, they're kind of like different. It's a different error sometimes, like maybe not like time wise, but it's just a different feel in the game. So you have to have references that reflect those changes in your game. Um, so that's some, that sometimes happens in some games. So for, for us, it does. So we have to get references that kind of span the full gamut of what we're going for. So anyway, like my point is just gather as many resources as you can from all different, you know, aspects and whether it's a movie, whether it's a, a film, whether that's the same thing, whether it's a book, a piece of art, just everything really, it really, really helps to, you know, ground yourself and ground your eventual players into what you're trying to create. And like you just said, I was just going to say, you said that, um, like different departments have drilled down to granular mm-hmm. that can be like you can like for like mechanic wise you could do that like say <laughs> like you say like our classic example say you want to build an inventory system in your rpg <laughs> you don't just have to look at rpg inventory systems you can look at weird candy you know like weird a bubbly pastel pu- puzzle game that yes, has or like system. a uh, yeah what's a board game like board games right. sometimes get you know are like inspiration for crazy you know mmos or something you know those right. are you need to look in places where people don't usually look because that's where you're going to find some innovation on an aspect mm-hmm. that may have been reused and, re- and redone. So that's where you really start to branch out is doing things differently, thinking about things differently. That's how major companies and, and games and, you know, like, what was it? Even like Crossy Road, how they did ads. It was like people have done ads in their games before, but just how they did it and the way they presented ads was just something different and unique. Um, so that's that's really how you stand out is just doing things and looking at things and building out your game in a different way, trying to at least. But that's like I'm uh, I'm glad that you mentioned uh, all those. Uh, <laughs> I did rant. Like, you're right. <laughs> He's like all that. Sh- <laughs> no, I just I see Eduardo taking notes on what you were that. saying and running out of ink. <laughs> no, uh, um, those elements of. Uh, like modifying ideas because uh, that's actually another technique <laughs> using uh, for ge- to generate ideas. It's called scamper, and it's basically it's based on the concept that everything, every new idea that is created is a variation of something that was created already. Mm-hmm. And scamper is a mnemonic for substitute, combine, adapt, modify, put to other use, eliminate, and reverse. Ooh. Uh, I'm doing my homework. Did you see? <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is it's crazy, man, because we've been doing this uh, a lot. But when uh, I found this, I was like, oh, it has a name. And this is how you do it properly. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I like it. Um, so, yeah. And um, about... Well, that's it. That, that's kind of... That reminds me of the lenses, too, from the Art of the Aim Design thing. Because basically those lenses are like that, too. It's like... Think about your game, like, what is it they say, like, I cannot, can't think of one of the lenses, <laughs> but, but <laughs> there's like 140 of them, but like, it's like, think of your game, like you said, like reverse, like think about this idea, but it's the opposite. You know what I mean? Like, we're thinking about this from a different point of view or from another characters. What if this game was told, this story was told from the non-heroes person, you know, stuff like that. When you think like, that's what the whole idea of those lenses were to help you generate which you should go read that book, guys, if you're having trouble. They have some idea generation parts in there, but it it really does talk about like I think it's kind of related to that scamper, right, Eduardo? Yeah. It's just change up your like it's almost like they're change methods. your perspective. Yeah. They're almost like prescribed methods for thinking outside the box mm-hmm. in a way. And um, about what you mentioned, Andrew, of people being afraid of copying because they are gathering references and all that. 
I think what works for me is just when I'm looking for references, uh, I look for elements in, let's say, games. Uh, like something, a feature that I like that is I think is pretty cool, like a menu or right. uh, some colors that they use for a specific mood in, in a scene of a game. Not for uh, the whole system or anything like that. And try to pick different uh, references from different uh, games or movies instead of just one game. Because when it's just one game or just one movie, you do have the risk of um, like copying from them without knowing it. But I think if you have enough references <coughs> and you just pick small, small things from them, you're going to be good. Yeah, like that, and that that kind of goes in the idea of keeping yourself. The big thing too is like um, keeping yourself open and attuned to things around you, to the small details. Like mm -hmm. it's almost I don't know what methods risk become <laughs> much more detail oriented because you'll find so many like nice little ideas in anything. Like in that Doom documentary, um, the guy named Hugh, he's like the creative director on the Doom. As he was describing the attitude they had for the game in certain moments in their story. Which is a crazy, you know, sci-fi, demons from hell, space marine story, right? He was referencing movies like The Last Boy Scout. I don't know if you ever seen the movie with Bruce Willis and Damon Wayans. Like, this 90s movie. Like, he was referencing, like, this crime movie or this little weird comedy. These little moments from those stories that inform the attitude of their game. Which have... No those movies have nothing to do with space marines and demons from hell. <laughs> you know what I mean? But he... But you can always just look at... Like you said, you can look at a website. It's like, that menu. I like how they have that menu. Obina and I used to do this all the time. We were in the same office. Like, ooh, look at that. Yeah. That's slick. Because you gotta be open to cool stuff. And you might not know when you need it, but, like, just put it in your little idea bank in your head. <laughs> like, I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna take a picture or even save the link or something, you know? Because you don't know... That's a good... That is a good... Uh, Thing. I do that with pictures, but I'd also do with ideas. Just get into the habit of always writing stuff down and saving pictures of stuff that inspires you. Yeah, I do that too. That's really good. Yeah. Um, Andrew has about six pictures of me in his notebook. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that inspired me. <laughs> so, does anyone want to say something else? Because we're going to the break. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Break. Students, you can go and take your lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for permission. <laughs> Okay, we're back, and like I said at the beginning, it's time for inspiration. And I think it's a, a really good time of the year now, this one being the first episode of 2017. People just start to setting up their goals and uh, things that they want to do um, like this year. And uh, I want to help you guys with this because I feel like a bunch of people never uh, accomplish their, their, their goals in, in the year. Because, uh, in my opinion, because they lose their motivation. And this is something that uh, I really like. I've been listening to a bunch of uh, motivational podcasts and consuming this type of uh, content uh, more than before lately. So I want to share my ideas on this. Um, like, specifically, I've been uh, listening to the Six Ziglar show. I, uh, I told you about this, Andrew. Uh, mm -hmm. But Ziegler, if you don't know him, uh, was like a motivational speaker. Uh, like he passed away like three years ago. Uh, but he talks about the uh, law of attraction and uh, the power of, of the mind and positive thinking. Um, and one of the things that uh, they say um, in, in the show is um, this. What do you want to accomplish? What do you need to do to get it? And the third step is just do it. And I think that that's pretty powerful for me because it's true. Sometimes you're like, oh man, I want a million dollars. And I know if I make uh, a game with a bunch of marketing and really good quality and all that, I can do it. But you're just, you never stop. You never, you never uh, finish it. And it's because 
you like the the motivation. I mean, you were super excited and fired up at the beginning, but after a while, you just lose it. And one of the things that um, Six Ziglar said is that motivation is like taking a shower. You have to do it every day so you don't lose it. And people like think in motivation when they are down and they feel really sad or depressed or bad. It, motivation works a lot better if you uh, listen to something that inspires you when you're uh, up. It works a lot better because you feel that you can really accomplish whatever you want. I mean, just the law of uh, auto-suggestion or the law of attraction, it says that, exactly that. So if you keep repeating uh, that you're uh, whatever you want to accomplish or your goal or what you want to reach, what you want to be, every day uh, your subconscious is going to act upon that and until it materializes it. Uh, and it works if you have positive things or negative things. So ne negative or positive uh, thinking. So if you're a negative person, man, you're just destroying yourself. Just be positive. What are your thoughts on that, uh, Andrew? I know I you like this type of stuff. Preach. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with everything you said. I don't know. You said it. I mean, yeah. We, we've talked about positivity. That'll be a, some kind of episode or some kind of motivation. We did a great, you had a great motivation episode, Obina. Um, it's about the same kind of stuff. Yeah. But I like you. I like your bit of advice. That's good for people to walk away from this. It's just, it's not just something you do when you get not motivated. It's just every day. Yeah. Be reminded of your goals and stuff. I like that. Yeah. That's, I think that's your I, takeaway. <laughs> I wanted to mention that because, um, like I usually have a, a strong will in to make my games and trying to complete it, but I I found out that I'm not always uh, motivated. And like two weeks ago, I started uh, listening to motivational stuff every day, and oh man, I feel so much better, and I feel uh, a lot more productive, and that I get uh, a lot more done from my game and other aspects of of my life. Uh, so I definitely want to share with you guys. Do you want to cool. comment on this, guys? No, no, I think we need cool. to put put the kids to bed. For the <laughs> <night>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, it was great, great advice, though. Uh, thank you, thank you. Yes, I think yeah, we should definitely make this a somewhat regular piece of the podcast. It's a Duardo's inspiration tip. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, if it works for me, it works for you. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like an infomercial now. Like, exactly. <laughs> Call uh, me now. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Ovina, yeah. do you want to talk about the lounge? Oh, for sure. Uh, this is our Facebook group, the Debug Lounge, um, where we... Um, have a lot of people uh, and we you know we just talk about all of our issues or, or you know our gripes our, our complaints our successes our failures with our game development in our game development career I guess uh, even or we just share things that we're working on share things that we're passionate about or, or that we think are is funny uh, so there's a lot it's a crazy fun group of guys uh, you can join the lounge by either sending us an email at the debuglog at gmail.com or going to Facebook and searching for the debug lounge and we will, uh, you know, just request an invite and we will send an invite out to you and in include you in the lounge. Um, so, yeah, that's the lounge. Yeah, I think, we I also think have the Facebook, Facebook way is a lot better. Yeah. We also have a Patreon that we actually have more tiers in there now. We have a 5 and $10 tier now. So check it out. I'm not going to say one here. You got to go check it out to know where they are. Um, yeah, that's just patreon.com slash the debug log. If you like the stuff we do, it helps us out. It helps us pay for bandwidth and all that stuff. So check yeah, it. Yeah, and uh, we definitely are. Uh, we didn't have too many stuff in Patreon, if any, before, but uh, we started taking care of it now. Um, we're adding like exclusive content in in our Patreon feed. Um, so some things that we don't mention in in the show. Because I mean, we talk a lot of we talk about a lot of things in the show, but we cannot say anything uh, like all of it. So we put some stuff in in the in our Patreon, uh, things that we like, uh, and 
resources that we think uh, might be useful for you so definitely check it out um, so I think that's it for today if you want us to uh, if you want to follow us uh, I'm at Twitter at eduardocf1989 I'm at Andrew underscore Curry that's C-U-R-R-I-E I am at O-Beans that's O with an H Beans with a Z and I'm at WookieJumper42 okay awesome see you guys until the next episode peace see ya see ya